Amen. It is so good and so fun to be with you all tonight. Um, I look around and I see so many familiar faces and so many new faces. So if you're new here, I just want to say welcome to the Brook. I'm glad that you chose the Brook to celebrate part of your holiday season with. Um, but Denver, Denver's amazing, right? It's a great place to celebrate the holidays. Um, I, read a, I read a stat recently that said this last year, Denver got ranked the second best place for young professionals to live. Isn't that amazing, right? That's why we live here. And it's cool because, you know, I look around this room, but Denver is such a young city. 55% of the city of Denver is between the ages of 25 and 39. 55% of the city. That means basically every other person that you run into is a young professional. Um, But I I get it. I see why people want to move to Denver, right? It's an amazing place to live. First of all, it's an incredibly foodie city, right? So if you like food, if you're into food, this is the city for you. We have, you know, Avante. Avante is incredible. Have you all been to Avante? Rooftop situation, multiple bars. My personal favorite is the arepes. The plantains are to die for. Um, Not too far from there is Linger. Linger, you can go there and you can sit at a rooftop patio overlooking the entire city. It's epic right? And then um, Sushi Den. Has anyone been to Sushi Den? I mean, I've heard they fly in fresh fish daily. So if that's your thing, go to Sushi Den. Uh, but that, if that's not enough for you, we have endless coffee shops and breweries that are amazing. But not only is Denver a foodie city, it is also a very active city. So when I first moved to Denver a couple years ago, I got class pass. And if you're into boutique gyms like me, you can get class pass and you can try out a different type of workout class every day of the month. You can do, you know, um, cycling, pure bar, yoga, whatever you like, you can find a class that suits you. Now, if you're more of one of the outdoor kind of active people in here, um, you could you could go skiing, biking, hiking, or if you like my friend Marie over here, she might do two of those in one day. That's not me personally, uh, but it's a very active city. That's why people move here, you know, for the outdoors and for the adventure. Um, it's a blast living here. But that's not all. You can't forget um, the music scene, right? Red Rocks. Who's been to a Red Rocks concert? Yeah, some Red Rocks fans. Um, I remember going to my first concert and seeing Tim McGraw on a fall night. It was magical. I fell in love with Denver at that point, but um, it's it's truly amazing. Amazing. I've actually moved around quite a bit in my life. And so whenever I move somewhere, it's kind of hard for me to settle in because I don't know how long I'm going to live there. But um, me and my husband, Jason, we moved to Denver three years ago and we live over by Sloan's Lake. And I'm loving living here. I mean, I could see myself living here for quite a while. Um, I have my bar class three minutes from me. Um, There's Leroy's Bagels down the street, which has a gluten-free bagel with vegan cream cheese. And it actually tastes good. So go there if you're into that type of stuff. Um, but it's really a, an incredible place to live. A couple of days ago, I got an email from a girl from Georgia, and um, she found us online, like a lot of people do in the brook, and I hopped on a call with her, and uh, she said she was thinking about moving to Denver in two weeks. She didn't have a job. She didn't have a roommate. A side note, if you're looking for a roommate, join our app. The roommate's channel is amazing. Um, but she was planning on moving to Denver in two weeks with no job, no roommate, just because she wanted to be in Denver so bad. And I'm sure some of you are in here tonight. You're new to Denver. And it's an amazing city to live in. But there's another crazy stat about Denver. Not only does it get rated the second most sought-after city for young professionals to live in, This last year, it also got ranked the third loneliest city in the United States. 
the third loneliest city in the United States? You mean you can have it all right at your fingertips, the adventure, the thrill, the beauty, and still be lonely? That's the reason the brook was started. There are a ton of young professionals in the city. There's also so much loneliness. Um, I moved to Breckenridge when I was in high school, and Breckenridge is gorgeous. I would often hike up to Sapphire Point. I'm sure some of you have been up there. Maybe you've taken a girl up there to impress her, but it's so pretty. You have like these ginormous mountains right in front of you, and then you have this beautiful uh, view of Lake Dillon, and I would go up there often, and I had never felt more lonely in my life. I never felt more lonely. And then and there started kind of a dark season for me, and I started believing this lie that good relationships and closeness and connection, that that was meant for everybody else in life but me. Have you ever felt like that before? Alone? Lonely? Maybe you walked in here tonight and you just moved to Denver and you don't know anybody? Or you've been doing all the things that Denver has to offer and you still just feel alone? Tonight I want to share some good news with you. And that is, you're not alone. You are not alone because Christmas, Christmas changed everything. I want to talk to you tonight about something theologians call the incarnation. Jesus coming to earth, being fully God and fully man and being with us. Because the incarnation, it changes everything. So let me, read to, um, let me read to us some really powerful verses of scripture that will introduce to us the idea of the incarnation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child that's within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us through the presence, through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God is with you. Jesus went on to say, he will never leave you. Never will he forsake you. Emmanuel, God is with us and you are not alone. So to unpack this story more, I was thinking, how would I explain this story to my children, right? How would I explain the Christmas story to my kids? Um, so just play along with me for a minute, all right? I'm going to put on my theater hat, and I, I'm going to be pretend to be the father. I'm, I'm a woman, obviously. I'm going to be pretend to be the father Jesus, and I'm going to be talking to my son, okay? The father God talking to my son. So just play along with me. I, I think as he's preparing to send Jesus to earth, this is maybe what it would look like. Jesus, it's time. 
It is time. The people, they have been alone long enough. We need to go and show them that we are for them, that we love them. And so we're gonna, we're gonna go near to them. Jesus, this is how it's gonna start. Oh, I've chosen for you mother, a real life mother. <laughs> Her name is Mary. She's a teenage girl and she's gonna crush it. She's gonna do amazing. Just trust me on this one. You know, she's not like some of these, some of these teenage girls nowadays, you know, I'm stealing their cell phone from their mom, buying stuff on Amazon without asking, texting boys. No, she, she's pure of heart and she, she loves us, okay? I've also um, chosen for you an earthly father. His name's Joseph. He's a great dude. Um, he's going to do amazing. I'm still your, your heavenly father, but you're going to have an earthly father as well. Um, okay, let's, let's think through this next part. Um, ooh, this could get a little messy. Okay, um, you're, Jesus, you're going to have to go th- through the birth canal. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, that's how every other human has ended up on earth. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little crazy. You're going to be pushed out into the cold, dark world. But I've chosen for you the perfect spot. It's a manger. But I, I do want to prepare you. It, it's going to be smelly, the animals. Just want to let you know. Um, but it's going to be a peaceful, it's going to be a beautiful night. And you know, you know what's actually really funny is most people are going to think that you would be born in a kingdom or a palace. But Jesus, you know what we need to show them? We need to show them that we came for the everyday, the ordinary person. We need to show them they're not alone and that we are here for them, for all of them. And as you get older... You know, all the power that we have here in heaven right now, you're going to have that same power on earth, right? So, uh, you know, when your dad says, you know, eat your broccoli, you know, instead of um, changing it into cake, chocolate cake, for example, because, you know, that's the best cake. Um, just, Jesus, go ahead and eat your broccoli. But, you know, use your power wisely. You're going to have all this power. And, Oh, this will be fun. The, the first miracle that we're going to do is going to be at a wedding. We're going to show people that we're, we, we're, we're about fun, right? We're going to change the water into wine. And everyone in the brook said amen for happy hours, right? Yeah. Um, but you're going to go on and you're going you're gonna to meet with the common people. Like you're going to heal the leper and the blind and you're going to raise the dead to life. You are going to come near to all people to show them that we are here for everyone. And you know what? Some people aren't going to like that. They're going to call you names. They're going to come against you. But don't pull away. Don't pull away, Jesus, because you came to be near to the people. You're going to have some friends. Oh, you're going to have 12 friends. These guys, they're going to follow you everywhere. You are not going to be able to get rid of them. But you're going to be, you're going to be like their guide. You're going to show them how to live life, how to, who I am, how to love my people well. And you guys are going to make some awesome memories, man. That's going to, that's going to be really fun. And these guys, they're going to be so loyal to you. They're going to love you, Jesus. Um, until, until they're not, some of them are going to betray you, deny you, and that's going to hurt, but it's going to get worse from there. They're going to put you on a cross they're going to beat you until you're not even recognizable anymore. And the worst part is you're going to cry out to me. And I'm not going to be there because I will have turned my face away from you because I cannot look upon sin, Jesus. And you'll say, it is finished. They'll put you in the grave. This is where it gets good. 
Three days later, you will raise back to life, proving not only were you fully man, but you are also fully God. And in you is the power to conquer sin and death. And you're raised back to life again, Jesus. Can you do it? Let's go. Let's do this thing. And Jesus said, of course, Father. We need to show him that we love him. We need to show them that we are there for them. Do you see what just happened? Do you see how Emmanuel, God with us, changes everything? He came for you. He came for you. He came for me to connect us back to God. Emmanuel, God is with us. Emmanuel, we are not alone. We're not alone. So as we talk about Emmanuel, God with us, it can be hard kind of at first to wrap our heads around how practically, oh, thank you to my handy husband, by the way. If you didn't know, we're married. Give it up for Jason. I have a good looking guy. Um, so I just want to talk to you about how God is practically with us, right? Um, he's got my back. He has totally got my back. And just like he's got my back, I want to share with you my first point. God is your guard and he's got your back. Even when you don't see it, he's got your back. Um, that's, he's your protector. Um, Psalm 121, 7 through 8 says this. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. So what does it mean that he guards you from every evil? It means that he will not let anything come against you. Anything that is trying to come against you, he is protecting you from. He's got your back. It says he guards your very life. He is physically protecting you right now. And you know what? It doesn't say he just guards you sometimes. It doesn't say he guards you like occasionally. No, he says he guards you always. Have you guys been at one of those like really cool concerts when the, the main singer goes out into the audience? You know, I was at Need to Breathe last summer and um, Bear Reinhardt, yeah, that's his name. He went out into the audience and he was just so cool. He's blowing kisses, just like having the time of his life. And you know what he didn't know? Is that there was guards behind him that were guarding him from that crazy girl like trying to get all up in his grill and the guy who's trying to tackle him. He had no idea what was going on behind him. Have you ever thought as you're walking through life that there are things that God is protecting you from right now, right now that you don't even know because he is so good. He is our guard. He says he guards us now. He guards us always from things we don't even realize. Maybe there's a prayer you've been praying and you are just so heartbroken because you're so frustrated. You don't feel like God is answering that prayer. Did you ever think that maybe he's guarding you from something? Or maybe you're single again this Christmas. That guy or girl you were talking to just ended it. I hate that for you. Did you ever think that maybe God is guarding you from even greater heartache and pain, that he's protecting you? Do you recognize him guarding you? What is an area of your life that you've been discontent in, that maybe you need to recognize his protection over you? Because God is guarding you whether you realize it or not. He guards you now. He guards you always. You are not alone. 
So we see God as our guard, but he's not just our guard. Another way that God is with us is that God is also our guide. He is leading you step by step along this path that we call life. Will you let him guide you? Isaiah 58, 11 says this, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I love how this verse starts. The Lord will guide you, not just sometimes, but always. Just like he says, he will guide you always. He will guard you always into what is best. I think about the world that we live in. Um, It says, sometimes it feels like a sun-scorched land, right? Like it feels like there's dry places in our lives. Maybe it's like relationships, friendships that feel dry. Um, It could be a situation at work that we feel dry in. But it says that God wants to strengthen us in those dry places. And that he wants us to be like a well-watered spring that doesn't fail. He wants us to be refreshed. There's a correlation between God guiding us and us being refreshed. Will you let him guide you? But if you let um, someone guide you, you have to trust them, right? You have to trust them if you're going to let somebody guide you. I always think of the blindfold game, right? If I put this blindfold on, I don't know if you'll be able to hear me real well, but if I put this blindfold on, I have to try. Can you hear me? No? Hold on. Got it. Okay. Now, now you can hear me. Okay. If I put this blindfold on, I have to trust that there are people in the audience who love me, who care for me. Oh, this is scary. This is scary. I'm just being honest. Um, but I have to trust that there's people out here who love me, that I can trust you to guide me, that you're a good guide, that you're not going to let me fall off the stage and hurt myself that you would come to my rescue and that you would have good plans for me, right? So when it comes to the blindfold game, you have someone who, who, who you can trust. The second option in the blindfold game, sorry, I'm walking slowly because I don't know what's next to me. The second sort of thing in the blindfold game is you can be the person I like to call the peeker or the peeper, maybe. It's like when you kind of lift it up a little bit and everyone thinks that, you, that you're blindfolded. And so you've like fooled everybody around you and you've probably maybe even like kind of fooled yourself a little bit. Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm trusting, like I totally trust you. But like the reality is I can kind of see like with one eye a little bit what's going on. You know, so just if things don't go exactly as planned, I can make a correction and take things into my own hands. Or you're the third person. You do not even trust God at all. You're like, you know what? I don't, I want to take life into my own hands. I don't, I don't trust God to guide me. Who are you? Are you the person that's not even willing to put the blindfold on? You're like, no, I don't even trust you at all, God. Are you the peeper who's fooling yourself and others? Or are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to trust God in the dark? What needs have you come in with this evening? Where do you need his guidance? I would encourage you guys to think of one area of your life, one situation that you are going to like let God guard, uh, guide you in. Because as you do, it says that he wants to bring you to a place of flourishing. He wants to, he said, you'll be like a well-watered spring that doesn't run dry. So we see God as our guard. We see God as our guide. And the, way that, the third way that we see God with us is that God is our goal. 
The New Year's are coming up, and I was actually talking to my friend Kelsey um, a couple days ago, and we were just talking about like New Year's plans and 2023, which is so weird to say, um, but we're making all these plans. But what if I told you that your goal is already set before you and that it's him, that he is your goal? See, we see in Matthew 28, Jesus dies on the cross, comes back to life, and he's hanging out with his 12 disciples. And he tells them, you know what? I'm gonna go and be with the Father and I'm gonna send you the Holy, send you the Holy Spirit because it's better that he comes and be with you than, than me stay here. And so these, these guys that he's been kind of like hanging out with, doing life with, they look at him and, they're, and they say to him, like, uh, what's next? Like, what are we supposed to do now that you're leaving? Like, what are our goals? What is your plan for us? And I love what he says. He says this, basically, I've just proven that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always, not just sometimes, not just occasionally, always to the very end of the age. And I love how Matthew starts and ends his gospel the same way. He starts it by saying, Emmanuel, God is with us. And he ends it by saying, I will be with you always. And if God is our goal, if being united and connected with him is our goal, then we first need to know what is God's goal? What is God's goal? What is his goal for his people? And we see it clearly here. The first one is go make disciples. He's saying, Go to my people, just like I came to earth to be with them. I love these people. Go and love them like I love them. I just showed you how to do it. Go keep doing that same thing. Go and make disciples. Tell them about me. Show them my love. All people. And then once they see how amazing this is, they're going to want to come follow us. So then baptize them. Bring them into the family. Let's throw a party. We love throwing parties at the brook, right? So if you're in, you're in here tonight and you have not yet been baptized, we would love to get you baptized. Or if you decide that you want to place your faith in Jesus, your next step is to get baptized. Come talk to me. Come talk to one of the antler friends in the room. They would love to help get you connected. And then thirdly, we see this. He says, don't just stop there. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Remember how I walked with the disciples? Do the same thing with others. Walk with them. Teach them what it looks like to follow me and to know me more. And so that's what we do at the Brook. You heard the guys talk about Simple Churches, and we love Simple Church here at the Brook. If you're not connected to Simple Church, I'd encourage you to get on the app, sign up for a Simple Church, and you will get um, communications in the new year to help you get connected. But this is God's heart. This is his goal. And the amazing thing is the more that we live out his goal, the more our heart beats for what his heart beats for, the more connected we get to him. We get him. I think of when I was first married a while back ago. I was in the honeymoon phase, and um, it's actually better now. It's actually better now. But it was, I thought it was so good back then. Honeymoon phase, first year of marriage. And I just wanted to know my husband so deeply. I just wanted to know what his heart was beating for and what was important to him. And it was hunting. <laughs> so um, turkey season comes around. And what you wear for turkey season hunting is what I call the leaf suit. You're basically trying to look like a tree so you blend in. 
I was not blending in. Um, so here I am waking up, butt crack of dawn. You, that's what you do when you go hunting. And I load up, <laughs> load up in, in the car. We get out to the hunting lease and I say like two words and I get the death stare. You do not talk when you hunt, apparently. So here I am. I thought it was going to be so cold. So I put so many clothes on and we're walking for miles. I'm sweating. I feel like I'm about to pass out. And um, we don't see anything the whole time. I think I still think it was a ploy just to get me to dress up in the leaf suit. Um, but the thing is, I had an amazing memory with Jason. And I got to become closer to him. I saw what he loved. I got to experience what he enjoyed doing. And it connected us. It bonded us more closely. That's how it is with God. As we align our heart and our vision with his heart, we get to connect with him more. The new year is coming up. We're setting goals. But what if your goal was to align yourself with him? To make your goal his goal so that you can experience him more fully. Because the, more, the longer I continue to be a disciple that makes disciples, the deeper I know him, the more I get of him. And I would not trade it for anything. You are not alone because his presence is with you. He is your guard. He is your guide. And he is your goal until one day we will see him fully in heaven and worship him completely. How amazing will that be? So as we close tonight, I just want to um, share with you the lyrics of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, a favorite song of mine. It goes like this. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Here we see Israel, this is before Jesus returns. We see them crying out for him, longing for him, for his return to come back. They are lonely, they are oppressed, and they are without hope. But if you're in here tonight and you've placed your faith and trust in God, you know what? You can say, rejoice, rejoice, the Lord has come. He has come to earth to meet us here, to be with us. And what an amazing thing that is, right? But if you're in here tonight and you haven't yet made that decision to follow Jesus, what better time of the year to come close to the one who decided to come close to you, to be with you, Emmanuel. God is with us. We are not alone. And if that is you in here tonight and you want to make a decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus, I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have a brief time of reflection. And in that time, I would just encourage you in your heart to talk to God. Just to tell Him that you need Him, that you want Him, that you, th- you thank Him that He came to earth to come close to you, and that you receive Him as your Lord and Savior. So let me pray with us, and let's think through how God is our guide, 
how he is our guard and he is our goal. Jesus, you are so good. You came to earth to be with us. You took on human form and flesh and you lived and walked and breathed among this earth. Father, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being willing. Thank you for loving us enough, Jesus, to come. Father, I thank you that you are our guard, Jesus, that you guard us. Whether we realize it or or not, you are guarding us always. You're protecting us from anything that would try to come against us, Jesus. We thank you. Father, we thank you that you, you guide us so tenderly that you are trustworthy, that we can follow you, Father, and that you ultimately, you are our goal. We get you. We thank you that we get you, Jesus. So we place our faith, our trust in you today. Jesus, I pray that as we go throughout this, this season of Christmas, Father, that your presence would be magnified in our lives, that your presence would be magnified in this city, that you are our goal. Thank you, Lord. Amen.